Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Ice Skating Podcast brought to you after the ISU's 58th Ordinary Congress 2022 in Phuket, Thailand. I'm Luke Norman. It's a real pleasure to be back and, and chatting to you all and a real pleasure as always to be joined too by Nick Moore. How are you, Nick? I'm very well, thanks, Luke. Uh, we're not in the tropical climates of uh, Thailand, unfortunately. We're in rainy Scotland, but it's always a pleasure to chat to you. And we've got some really interesting news about the future of our sport to share, haven't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, it looked good in Thailand, didn't it? Very jealous yes, to yes. see all the pictures coming back from there. But uh, but it's great to be on the pod again. And uh, we've got a, a really interesting interview with the outgoing president of the ISU, Jan Dijkema, of the Netherlands, who's served brilliantly in the role for, for the last six years. That's right. And we're also excited to bring you a few words from the incoming president, Mr. Jayul Kim of the Republic of Korea. Later on in the pod, we've also got a unique insight into the first ever World Ice Skating Day taking place on the 4th of December. That's an exciting initiative and will be a really fantastic day for the sport. But let's start off with the president. I had the pleasure of speaking to Jan Dijkema and he's a really interesting guy, isn't he? Yeah, it was great to get a a preview of that. Thanks for sending it over, Nick. And uh, (laughs) what impresses me about him, he's such a calm figure, isn't he? Um, Long career in politics, really interesting career in politics, but... ISU-wise, he, he served served the sports really well in, in so many capacities for, for, what, more than 30 years, I guess, now. and um, So really, we, we all owe him a, a ton of thanks for that. Yeah, we do. He's been a, a huge figure in ice skating for years now. Um, we have to say, when he was initially elected to the presidency in, in 2016, he can't really have foreseen the, the crazy amount of issues he'd have to deal with during his two terms as president. Can you imagine? Who, who could have predicted... Everything that's happened, obviously, I mean, no one could have predicted that, but just how do you deal with with COVID and all the impact there? And obviously, more recently, the invasion of Ukraine and the Camilla Valieva controversy, it's not stopped for President Daikuma, has it? And mm. it was really interesting. You touched on all those things in your interview, and it was it was really interesting to hear his view. Yeah, yeah, we did discuss all that. And it it, what shines through really is the fact that you just dealt with it very professionally and calmly without any knee-jerk reactions. And that's that's interesting. Yeah. And of course, final ever Congress as president, outgoing president, and they reached a really significant decision um, that, that hit the headlines worldwide. Yeah, that's right. A vote was taken and the ISU will raise the minimum age for competitors at its senior events from 15 to 17 to protect the skaters' physical and mental health and emotional well-being. This is something that's been in the works since 2018. It was first proposed at the uh, 57th ISU Ordinary Congress in 2018. Didn't quite get the majority required then to be included on the agenda. It was then um, due to be discussed again at the 2020 Congress, but that was cancelled due to the pandemic. But this Congress, delegates did vote to gradually increase the age limit to 17 by 2024-2025. So there's no change next season and an increase to uh, the age of 16 by 2023-2024. The Congress also agreed to increase the age limit from 14 to 15 at the ISU World Junior Speed Skating and Short Track Speed Skating Championships. A lot to take in there, it's all on the website, but um, for me it's excellent to see so many countries back the move. I was really drawn to Eric Radford's statement afterwards, he's a Canadian skater uh, and the ISU Athletes Commission Chair. And he said, the life of an athlete is short and intense. Their experience in this short phase sets, sets the platform for the rest of their lives, physically, spiritually and emotionally. And that's important and what that's really what they're trying to protect here. 
spot on, isn't it? And yeah. obviously, who no one would know better than someone like Eric, um, wouldn't yeah. he? And so fascinating to hear that. Um, and let, let's hear from Jan Dykeman now. Um, he's the man with all the views. So here he is. So it's, it's great to have you with us. You've um, obviously dedicated almost 30 years of your life working for the ISU in, in many roles, and especially as president for the last six six years. How much of an honour has that been, and how can you sum it up in terms of the evolution and the you know the major changes that you've experienced? Uh, thank you very much for these good questions. Uh, first off, it was really a great honour and a privilege to serve the ISU during almost 30 years. And especially, of course, the last six years as a president. Important was the focus we had, the mission we had on uh, three pillars. Uh, development is a very important focus. Uh, then secondly, marketing and promotion, and then uh, then good governance. How did your style of leadership contribute to the ISU? And what did you take away from this experience? Uh, I must say, if you ask uh, what style of leadership, I, I would say I tried to uh, combine leadership and wisdom. Leadership combined with wisdom instead of uh, combined with the Machiavelli, I would say every inch. Yeah. This, this, if you ask my style of leadership, this, this, I would summarize it in this way. And then, of course, it was continuously uh, 24-7 uh, working hard because, in my opinion, you are not an excellent international federation, but becoming it every day. Hmm. So this this is uh, this was a flow, really a flow of hardworking in the past years. What makes the ice skating community for you so special in comparison to some of the other Olympic sports? And, and what are the strengths of the ice skating world in which the ISU should invest in the future? Of course, the ice skating disciplines of the ISU are uh, figure skating, really very important. Short track speed skating and long track speed skating and synchronized skating. So we have four very important disciplines and uh, three of them are Olympic. So both figure skating, short track speed skating and long track speed skating. And this is really very important and you can uh, consider this as a strength of the ISU with a high, very high profile. So this is, this is for sure a reality and we have to... Uh, invest also in the future a lot in both development and marketing and promotion for all disciplines of the ISU. And you strongly encourage development initiatives, uh, increasing the number and quality of skaters, coaches and officials around the world, and increasing the number of nations that can produce these really competitive skaters. Are you satisfied with the results you've achieved you know, so far? And is, is there still much more to do? Yeah, this is really a good, uh, a good uh, point. Development was one of our highest priorities and we uh, were making major steps forward in this field. I would like to mention uh, especially the centers of excellence. We created worldwide 11 centers of excellence. And for example, in uh, Bangkok here in Thailand, 
uh, is really, really important because this is not important only for Thailand, but for the Asian region to upgrade the uh, ice skating uh, position in, in Asia because, in my opinion, Asia has a very high potential. On top of that, we have, a, for example, a center of excellence also in Beijing in China. And this is uh, because, you know, China is a big country, 1.4 billion inhabitants. So this is, this is meant as a legacy of the Olympic Winter Games 2022 in Beijing. So if we achieve to have a very professional center of excellence as well in Beijing, it will be a great, great, great potential also in Beijing, but 11 in total worldwide. So this is, uh, you cannot imagine how important this is. I would like to give an example. We have now since some years a center of excellence in Salt Lake City in the U.S., and here you have the, the transfer from inline skating from countries like Colombia and uh, the countries very strong in the field of inline skating. Yeah. The transfer to speed skating. And a good example is Irene Jackson. She started only six years ago and now she won a gold medal in Beijing during the Olympics 2022. So this, this is just an example of how important these centers of excellence are for the future of the ISU in the field of development. Yeah, they've been absolutely brilliant. And of course, marketing and promotion have represented a crucial part of your mission as well, trying to engage new skating fans in innovative and digital ways. Do you feel there's a greater connectivity with the fans today than a few years back? Yes. Also in the field of marketing and promotion, we've made important steps forward in the digital field. And except, especially I would like to mention here, the e-learning platform rapidly growing Really important, you can imagine in the past two years with the COVID-19 situation, we could use this platform and uh, we could go on with the important work. Absolutely. Good governance has also been central to your aims. Can you tell us what uh, progress has been made in those areas? Yes, this, is, this was the third pillar during my presidency. And this is also a very high priority. Good governance in the world of sports is a must. So here we uh, have set the targets internationally and uh, I would uh, mention especially the sustainability profile and we want to go on in this field by reducing uh, 50% uh, by 2030. So this is, this is also, an, uh, uh, we achieved a lot, but we want to go on because also in this field, it is a race without finish. Yes, of course it is, yeah. Um, finally, moving on to the, the Congress, how, how was your final Congress as president of the ISU over, over there in uh, Thailand? Uh, it was really not an easy Congress at all in the current situation, the current circumstances. You can imagine with the COVID-19 situation worldwide. But uh, Thai Federation convinced us to meet in person, and I'm really glad that we did it. Of course, it was a great pleasure to meet again in person, despite the difficult circumstances. Also, the war in Europe. I would like to underline that we had a very successful Congress here in Thailand, and I'm really glad that we came through through a professional uh, approach uh, with the support uh, of a very high quality of the uh, ISU staff and of the Thai Federation here in Thailand. So. Uh, we could make important decisions and important elections here in Thailand. 
And of course, one of those important decisions was um, the proposal to raise the age limit for senior skaters from 15 to 17. That was accepted for the sake of protecting the physical and mental health and emotional well-being of the skaters. How do you feel about the vote and how do you think it will affect the ISU in the future? Uh, I would say we made really very important decisions. And I would like to mention, first off, uh, we have the age limit of 75 for uh, office holders, and uh, this will remain. So for me, it's important. There's also the reason that I'm stepping down, because I, I, it's my opinion that we, we uh, at a certain moment, you need younger people for the democratic process, uh, also for this kind of positions. So I'm glad we, uh, we are, uh, were able to have new elections with younger people, Secondly, I would like to mention the, uh, the decision regarding the, in the field of figure skating, regarding the age, uh, increasing the age limit from uh, 15 to 17 in two years, which is not only an important decision, I would say it's, it's, it's an historic decision. So this week also did here in Thailand, uh, in the interest of, uh, in this case, figure skating. Uh, I'm really glad that we made it also in this way. And you mentioned the pandemic and some of the difficulties already. That We've had the controversies of Beijing, Ukraine, you've already mentioned. You've had a lot of unexpected issues to deal with during your time as president. How, how have you got through these challenges? It must have been tough. Uh, this is only uh, possible through a uh, professional approach. This is, this is uh, uh, only to be done with uh, high quality of support. You don't do it alone. Uh, so good people around you with a very high quality, uh, and as I said, with a with a very professional approach. And this is uh, I'm really glad that we uh, could make it, that we could meet in person again here in Phuket in Thailand, at the right moment, really at the right moment. So I'm glad that we could make it happen here in Phuket. Excellent. You must be ready for a, a holiday after all the. All the stuff that's been going on the last year and the Olympic year. What, what are your what are your plans for the coming weeks and for the next few years? Yeah, I would say um, first off regarding my successor. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I, I would like to. Uh, I also have told them to continue with leadership combined with wisdom. This is first off really uh, important in close cooperation with the ISU members worldwide. The federations worldwide we need because they have uh, the venues, they have the audience, they have all the volunteers because the volunteers, they are the biggest sponsors in the world of sports, in my opinion. And then it, it's a 24-7 job, uh, no doubt. As I said, this is uh, you, you are not a good or an excellent international federation. You are becoming it every day. Yes. You mentioned I am not going on holiday yet. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, but not no longer this uh, this uh, twenty four seven flow. Uh, I start cooling down, but uh, I must say uh, uh, also counting uh, my blessings, but not a whole day. Um, it's my intention to write down my experience I had in the past years. So this is uh, for the near future, uh, which uh, which I will do, was my intention to do. 
Fantastic. We, we look forward to reading that. So thank you so much for joining us. Great stuff. Thanks very much to the outgoing president for his time. Um, Nick, yeah, I mean, as we discussed before playing that clip, um, lots of fascinating things. Um, I suppose one thing that really hits me afterwards hearing that again is he isn't going to go on holiday quite yet. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd need at least a couple of years on the beach after everything he's dealt with. But uh, he's going to stay busy and... 77 going strong and and no doubt be a source of of good advice for the incoming president yeah that's right he's been such a steady leader and and that's not always the case at sports federations as as we both know working in the in the field or indeed in politics and i'm sure uh the incoming president jail kim will be delighted to have him around yeah and and yan said to me it's great to have a young and energetic candidate like Mr. Kim coming into the role and uh, the 12th president, isn't he? And, and But first ever ISU president from outside Europe, which is significant, I reckon. Yeah, it's big, isn't it? It's, skating is so massive in Asia. It's fantastic that the region is now going to be represented at the, the highest level. You've only got to think how huge figure skating is in, in Japan and China, how important short track is in the, the new president's home nation. So it's exciting having him coming in with a new perspective. And his his vision obviously really chimed with with all the members, didn't it? He he won quite comfortably, seventy seven votes, round one, well beyond the majority needed of sixty. And I think this mandate of together we can go further, which maybe a few people might have seen and read up on, uh, just hit hit the spot for the sport. He spoke really passionately at the Congress about his vision for the future, and I think he convinced everyone, including us. Of course, of course, yes. Mr. President, we we would vote for you. Not that we have a vote. But uh, anyway, let's hear from him now, uh, speaking at a virtual press conference soon after that vote, um, laying out a bit, bit more meat on his vision and explaining just what it is that he intends to do and, and the direction he wants to see skating take. So I've spoke to many of the members in the past couple months leading up to the election, listen to the members, what they want and what they expect from the ISU and where we want to be in the future. And um, based on what I've, what I've heard from the members, I my, my manifesto is based on the slogan, Go ISU, growth and opportunities through innovation, safeguarding of our athletes and unity. So growth, uh, uh, growth we want Obviously, want to grow the sports, and we want to provide more opportunities to the to different athletes in many different countries. And we want to do this on the basis of innovation. And when I say innovation, I'm not only talking about the technology, but the innovative way of working together. And safeguarding of athletes is very important because athletes are our key assets, and we need to do everything we can to protect uh, and develop our athletes. Um, ISU is a big international organization with long history. Uh, we have many members throughout the world, and we we are one federation with the love of uh, sports, our sports skating. So we, we're united and we want to move towards the goal, towards the future that we are aspiring together. With not only with the, the members, but with the secretariat and the council members. Thank you very much, Mr. Kim. Can you maybe also tell us 
because today is a historical day for the ISU as well, where we have our first president who is from outside Europe. What does that mean? And what does that tell you about the future for the ISU? Oh, I think, well, first of all, I'm very honored to have this opportunity to serve the ISU as president. Um, and I think the fact that I'm elected as the first non-European person to lead the ISU reflects how open and how open-minded we are and how progressive we are as an organization. Uh, and we will continue to work together to develop our sports throughout the world. Uh, in terms of what I want to do is that, um, because the first thing that I want to do is to work with the members, um, work with council members and the secretariat and the member federations to develop a long-term strategy plan defining where we want to be in the future, what steps we need to take to get there. So we will prioritize the actions that we need to take with the clear goals and timeline, and we will track the track our progress to, to ensure that we get where we want to be in the future. I want to share with you the important step that we've taken, the ISU has taken, uh, which is not related to the Valieva case, but uh, the one of the key decisions that we made during this Congress was increasing the minimum age of athletes participating in the events. So our minimum age went from, 15, I'm sure you are aware, uh, that went from 15 to 17, because we, as an organization, are most concerned about the, the wellness, well-being of our athletes, uh, not only physical well-being, but also the mental wellness of the athletes. So we've, we've been talking about this age issue for the past couple of years. But uh, last September, the council made the decision to really look into the, the issue in, in great detail. What would be the right steps that we need to we should take? So the we formed a working group headed by the our, head of our medical commission, conducted a study looking at it, the correlations between the injury or the, the mental health, mental wellness of athletes uh, and with with the age, and we made a recommendation um, that it would be best. For the interest of our athletes, uh, it would be best to move the minimum age to 17 gradually. In the process, we also, our athletes commission actually ac actively participated by doing the comprehensive survey, the athletes throughout the world, and also, also the coaches, uh, getting their feedbacks on what would be the right age for the athletes to participate in the IS event. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, he's very strong, isn't he, in those five priority areas, growth, opportunity, innovation, safeguarding, unity. It's really placing the sport and the athletes at the, at the heart of everything. Mm, yeah, more opportunities, more skaters, more countries. I mean, it, it, it sounds simple. I suppose it is simple, but it, it's really the key, isn't it? Yes. And wasn't it interesting too as well to hear about how the decision was reached to increase the minimum age of skaters? It's such a big topic, such an important topic. Lots of talking has been done about it, but the ISU took a dispassionate clinical look at it, got the medical commission involved, really studied the impact on mental and physical well-being, and, and then getting the athletes' views and the coaches' voices in there as well. It was non-stop, though, in Phuket, wasn't it? Lots going on. Yeah, it certainly was. Mr. Tronespelli from Norway was re-elected as the first vice president speed skating, while Mr. Benoit Lavoie from Canada was elected vice president figure skating with 55 votes. For each of these branches, a team of five council members was also newly elected or re-elected. And pretty cool to see 
I mean, we mentioned him earlier, um, Mr. Eric Radford. Yes. Pyeongchang 2018 Olympic champion, uh, representative of the Athletes Commission, joining the ISU Council. First time in history that that's happened. Um, so that's congratulations to him. Uh, he had 174 votes and, and will take his position up, which is great. And if people are interested in seeing all the results of, of all the elections that went on, um, just check out isu.org and, and you'll see them there. Great for Eric and great for the sport. And what else will be good for the sport is the first ever World Ice Skating Day. Oh, yes, Nick. Excellent link there. <laughs> um, it's very good. It is really exciting, this, isn't it? Yeah. We mentioned it at the beginning and just a cool initiative and and one I know we, we can't wait to see take place. Uh, and it, it's great to have Ashley Artingle, who's the World Ice Skating Day coordinator for the ISU, we've got him on now to explain just what the whole day is all about and and what you can expect in a few words world ice skating day is one day dedicated to ice skating all over the world in the form of a global festival where the main focus is development which is uh, bringing more kids into into the ice so it's going to be one day first sunday of every december every year and the idea is to have this one day dedicated to ice skating for ice skating lovers, ice skating fans, professional ice skaters, recreational amateur skaters, uh, skating enthusiasts who've never tried skating before, who are first timers or beginners who have an interest but have never done it before. So the main idea is to get them involved, to get them on the ice and uh, through this, we aim that we we get the children's attention. They come to the ice, they have a nice time. They learn how to skate, how to balance. And then uh, eventually they come back to the rings, they come back to the clubs, they take up skating. Uh, that's, that's a long-term goal. But the idea is to celebrate ice skating all over the world and to introduce this sport to, uh, to a wider audience. So I was here to educate uh, the members, I was here, we had a booth, we had few merchandising samples uh, to show how World Ice Skating Day would look like and you know how they can have merchandising ideas around it, how the website functions and also to, to be more involved with the ISU members because for us, we, for, the, for the success of this event, we would work closely with the ISU members all sorts of ISU members, uh, the ones who are into competitions, but also the ones who have a great passion for ice skating, but are relatively uh, not known for winter sports, and who, want, who have a lot of tremendous potential, but they but they have to they, and they want to scale the sport. And through this World Ice Skating Day initiative in their respective countries. Uh, they will, they can be more empowered to do that. So typically, uh, a World Ice Skating Day event would definitely differ depending on uh, the event organizers and uh, their accessibility to ice rings, their own strengths. But uh, an ideal World Ice Skating Day event would be a day-long event or several hours uh, on December 4. Uh, it, it should uh, ideally begin with initiation or first time, uh, first time sessions for first time skaters and beginners 
to get them a feel of the ice and how to how to skate then definitely uh, after talking to members we have also come across several ideas that there would be the coaches would be also interested to to speak to amateur and semi professional skaters you know to provide them sessions on fitness and nutrition and injury prevention then there would be a free skating with music for the entire family so the idea is to have a a day out for the entire family a fun sunday uh, food trucks music and uh, several members have also uh, mentioned of their interest to have a gala or an exhibition of their local slash national slash popular skaters which would serve as a source of inspiration for the local crowd check out and stay tuned on worldicekatingday.com and the world ice skating day social media uh, which is our instagram account for updates uh, regarding the event and stay tuned and we look forward to a fun day out together uh, filled with festivities and celebrations to have a, a global festival together big thanks to ashley there that was good stuff luke wasn't it i love the idea of a annual global festival of ice skating who what's not to like there um just getting as many kids out on the ice as possible isn't it having yeah. fun being exposed to these sports um why not well not even why not it's really important isn't it and i think um as ashley said so many reasons behind doing this um so it should be really good couldn't agree more uh, free skating lessons time for all the family special galas it's brilliant i can't wait do we do we have to wait till december for it <laughs> well we, we should plan something shouldn't we yes. uh, maybe, maybe we could do a pod from the middle of an ice rink or something a, yeah. a bit of a special and get loads of of uh ice skating fans on the pod would be really good yeah we need to sharpen up our skills don't we but as, as ashley said it's all about encouraging small skating nations too so we need to get scotland going let's get down to a rink in glasgow inverness loch ness and, and make some good stuff happen i am in let's do it great stuff um and don't forget as, as ashley said you can find all the info you need on www.worldicekatingday.com about how you might plan events, whether you're a, an ice skating rink or, or or just interested in seeing what's happening near you. Um, and you can keep an eye on the socials as well for more information. And, and I'm sure you can contact the ISU directly if you, if you have specific questions. Um, no doubt we'll have some more on World Ice Skating Day um, throughout the rest of this year and in the final build-up. To, to what should be a, a really good celebration of the sport. Yes, it really should. And uh, that's about all we've got time for this episode. So thanks to everyone for listening. Hope you're enjoying your summers off or time away from the, the cold face of skating. But no doubt, like us, you're desperate to get back to the ice soon. Um, so we'll hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks so much, Nick. Really good to see you again and take care, um, all the listeners, and, and we'll see you next time. Thanks very much. <laughs>